Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's Travelers Championship. Thank you very much for joining me. The next hour or so is your time. Going to take your questions, try to provide thoughtful answers to them. Anything Travelers Championship related or not. Note that this is not the only live chat today, not the only live chat for this week. 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time this evening, Wednesday evening, will be the Jock Market Power Hour. That's Stock Market DFS. I'll talk about them more in just a little bit. And also Friday, the brand new, brand spanking new Cut Sweat Show. Every Friday. Every single Friday. We're going to shoot for 5 p.m. Eastern on Friday. That is certainly subject to change because I want to be in there for the action as the cut is being decided. So tentatively scheduled for 5 p.m. on Friday, and I will update that um, if needed. It's a data-driven cut sweat show. How many six of six lineups are getting through, how that's impacting your lineups, what guys you should be rooting for, what guys you should be rooting against, all that good stuff. Additionally and finally, everything you see on this show is from my site, rickrungood.com. You should subscribe. I think, I mean, I don't think I like it. I know I like it. I think you will like it. Also, I have a hard out at one o'clock, so let's jump into this. Anthony says, better three-man for single entry. Sh oh, Streelman, Wise, Scheffler, Cantlay, Harmon, Steele. I would probably take Streelman, Wise, Scheffler. We're going to talk about Wise probably plenty. I can already see there are questions about Aaron Wise. As much as I like Cantlay, Harmon's popularity, I understand, seems to be a little bit too much, and Steele has been Good, not great recently, so I'd probably go with that one. Dan the Man, welcome back, Dan. Rick, on a scale from 1 to 10, how warm are, are you on Seamus Power this week? I'm a 6. Yeah, I mean, I generally like the guy, right? Here we go. Let's just dive right into this. Let's not waste any more time. Seamus Power, who uh, Monday qualified into this event, which when you Monday qualify, you have to be really, really sharp. He's been splitting time a little bit between the Corn Ferry and the PGA up here recently, a 20th or excuse me, a top 20 at the Palmetto, a top 10 at the, at the Byron Nelson. Those are his last two starts. I watched him win here in Vegas or no, he didn't win, but he played well at the Corn Ferry event here in Vegas. Uh, at this point, that would have been like two months ago. He, I think he's in the stretch of, of pretty good golf right now. And, and that is evidenced by his Monday qualification into this event. Sid says, Hey Rick, Phil quietly gained in every strokes gained. Oh, in every T to green category last week. Let's see. <clears throat> he would certainly be a pivot off of Keegan Bradley, which is the question that Sid is asking. Yeah, he did gain strokes off the T approach around the green loss. 4.6 putting. When's the last time he lost that many? It's been a while. Wow. Basically last year's U S open. So U.S. Opens and Phil maybe do not go so hot. Uh, I mean, you, I've been on the record for the last couple of months kind of outlining how good Phil has been from tee to green and in the ball striking categories uh, essentially since January. So yeah, I don't mind that one single bit. Keegan Bradley, as much as I love him, is going to be incredibly popular this week. What are your thoughts on guys whose last few starts were good but haven't played in two or three weeks? I'm a little less excited to play them than I want to be because we just haven't seen them. I wonder who we're talking about specifically here. Maybe Doc. Haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. Two top, or I'm sorry, that's Cameron Tringale. Uh, Doc, I guess, would fit in that category, although we saw him finish runner-up at the Palmetto. I, Aaron Wise probably fits that category. I certainly think it is player-dependent 
here, 80s guy. We have no idea what they've been up to. We're not going to know what they've been up to. We don't know if they play well because they're well-rested or they're a little bit rusty. I'm not considering it. Uh, it, it. It rarely crosses my mind as a way to break ties or make decisions, so I'm not going to do much here. Evan says, hey, Rick, wouldn't this be a perfect setup for Jason Day, is, or is he too big of a question mark to consider playing? Okay. Well, that's actually a pretty good segue, Evan, because I mentioned I have a hard out uh, at one o'clock today because I have an interview lined up um, with someone who is playing this week. And last, or I guess it was yesterday, uh, we were able to talk with Jason Day. So that is going to come on the First Cut podcast. I think it's coming out on Friday. He he was actually describing this low three-wood shot uh, that you he really wants to be able to hit around TPC River Highlands. And he was struggling to find it. He was working really hard on it. And also that the fact that the the greens out here are like a 13 and a half on the stint, absolutely lightning fast. Um, I, I don't want to take too much from what I've heard, heard from Jason Day because it's always kind of hard to decipher what is just, you know, in other sports, we call it coach, coach speak, right? Where he's, he's going to say the right things. Um, I didn't get a, a ton of great confidence from that conversation as, as, as nice as he was just about the state of his game for this week. I look at these two concerning categories strokes gained off the approach. He's lost in four of his last five strokes game putting. He's lost in six straight. Uh, at one time, the world's best putter injuries have kind of derailed that. We talk about that as well. So you could listen to the full interview on Friday. Um, I, I root for Jason day. I'm hopeful, but you know how I do this. I try to remove the narrative. I try to remove the feeling from it. I look at his metrics. I look at the stats. I look at the course, and I'm I'm worried, Evan. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he wins the golf tournament. Mike says, hey, Rick. Hey, Mike. Hit the like button. Oh, that's a good idea. Did we miss your big update? Are you leaning towards stars and scrubs? Would you build another uh, model for us? Are you still happy with Bradley? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Mike, this is rapid fire. Four, four questions in a row. Let's take these one by one. Did we miss your big update? Okay, I think maybe you're referring to the mo- because you do ask for a model here. So let's 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 do that part of it. Um, the update to what I've been calling the lineup builder might have to be changed to custom model because this is kind of replacing the custom model uh, has been updated. So you will see a lot more. Let me get Mike's comment out of the way here. A lot more stats that you can weigh now proximity stuff, putting stuff, scoring, uh, you know, driving stuff, all the same stroke chain. So you have a lot more metrics to choose from, or you can just kind of look at this from a custom model or you can use it to build. So if I was doing this right now today, um, I would probably clear these out. I would do the last 24 rounds. I would lean on a couple of things. I would probably take strokes gained off the tee. That was one of the more, important stats or, or, or more correlated stats to success over the last dozen years. So I would take strokes gained off the tee. The other one was, oh man. Oh, I have it right here. Uh, course key stats. It was strokes gained off the tee and approach, but approach was kind of middle of the road. So what I'll do is I'll just do 15 on approach and then actually, yeah, I'll do on approach and then I will do 20 on birdie or better, which leaves me with, uh, 40. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to go down to the proximities here. And uh, the TPC River Highlands is a course where you have to be good off the tee. You hit a lot of wedges in. So if you want to say wedge game, uh, you could you could 
you do this a couple ways. So I have 40 left. I'm going to spread them between 75 to 100, 100 to 125, and 125 to 150. That is certainly like your wedge and in-game. So I will put uh, 20 on 100 to 125. I will put 10 on 125 to 150 and 10 on 75 to 100. I will come down here and I will sort them. And my top player is Brooks Kepka. I've heard of him. Brooks Kepka is my number one golfer. Aaron Wise, Kevin Streelman, Keegan Bradley. That man, Satoshi Kodaira, 6,500. He's very good from those short proximities. Sam Burns, Max Homa, DJ, Charlie Hoffman, Abraham Answer. That's my top 10. So um, this is, and also look at this, the new index column. Ooh. So what you could easily do is sort, I don't know, sort by strokes gained off the tee and say, wow, Dustin Johnson, fourth in strokes gained off the tee in the last 24 rounds. Wow, so easy to identify. Or you could say, oh my God, this guy stinks. Sung Kang, 115. Instead of trying to count down, that always drove me crazy. It's been updated. Many more great things to come on this tool. And that is my updated model. Is Casey ownership a deal breaker for you? Says Jay-Z. Thank you for stopping in. You're, so, you're a busy guy, but every Wednesday you find a way, whether you're touring, going out to eat with, with Beyonce, whatever it might be, you find a way to make it. And I appreciate that. So I have Paul Casey's ownership at about 25% right now. If I sort by projected ownership, he is pretty significantly the most owned golfer. Uh, Jay, Hove, may, may I call you that? Uh, I would always say one man's ownership is not going to dictate what I do with him. Uh, if I need to play Paul Casey, I will, I will pair him with other golfers that will be less likely to be this highly owned. Uh, there is a reason that Paul Casey is going to be this popular. He's got absolutely phenomenal results here. Uh, he's playing well. It should set up perfectly for him. He checks off all the boxes. Uh, if you did want to pivot and I don't even know if it's a pivot cause you can probably afford two of these guys to a Streelman, or I'm actually, you know, seeing 7% on Matthew Wolf kind of intriguing. We can talk about that a little bit later. So overall, Jay, no, uh, I would say that ownership is not, his ownership alone. is not a deal breaker for me. Drew says, Rick, do you watch any soccer? The Euros have been pretty cool. I do not. Love the show. Seems like the majority of the people are targeting the same guys. Yeah, that's uh, that's generally how this works, and especially in some of these weaker field events. Well, this is pretty good. Um, I would argue keeping your total ownership, and you can do this in the lineup builder slash custom model. I'll figure out a good name for that. Uh, I usually do about 80. I try to keep it all a sum under 80%. Uh, which, you know what, let's just, this is, I'm just going to build a lineup. If this lineup wins the million, you guys owe me, you split it with me. Okay. So this would be, okay. So this actually came out to 59% because Kadira is probably pretty lowly owned Aaron wise as well. I like to keep it under 80, 60 would probably be better. Uh, I don't think you have to be that crazy, but that's what I do. Logan. Hey Rick, it's Biggie. Oh my gosh. Jay and Biggie in the same chat. This is it's a special day. Thank you, Biggie. Do you have any little DK golf secrets? I watched your Pat's videos and they help. And I'm really good at basketball DFS, but golf has been meh. Do I just got to stick with it? Yes. Uh, golf is very volatile. So, so just to be clear, golf is incredibly volatile. It's, it's um, so many variables and variables that a lot of guys themselves can't even control. And even if you hit a good shot, you might get a bad result. Um, the other thing is, in basketball, it's very easy to, to correlate your lineup. You can pick guys from the same teams uh, where one guy 
passes it to another, you get an assist, you get a bucket as well. The other thing is, you know what games are generally going to be higher scoring because you know paces of teams. Golf is completely uncorrelated. Uh, so, so kind of with that in mind, Biggie, I, I would, I would encourage you to try to correlate your lineups a little bit, uh, usually by skill set here. So, for example, if we went to the lineup builder, uh, what I could in theory do is if I was super stoked on ball strikers this week, you know, I could put a hundred percent on strokes gained approach and start to build lineups like this and, and just try to find skill sets because at least, at least there is a little bit of correlation, not anything crazy, but you're starting to try to piece it together a little bit. And of course stick with it. You know, the idea that there's only one slate a week or one classic slate a week. Um, there's not a lot of opportunities like every night in basketball, there's a new slate. It's just, it's just much more volatile and it takes you a lot longer to kind of realize the, the outcomes there. Hey, Rick, wondering if it's starting to be, uh, I cannot read if we should start considering FedEx standings when making one and done picks, for instance, should I be saving Cantlay and Bryson for their high FedEx ranking? Hey, Rob, it depends. I know that's a bad answer, but it's the right answer because you have to know what your rules are. If your rules for your one and done are that you you that you get the bonus money, yes. Or if your rules are that you use the starting strokes, right? So depending on what your rules are for your one and done, it might be the raw official World Golf Rankings leaderboard, which Xander won last year, but DJ won the FedEx Cup. Or it might use bonuses or any combination of this. So you need to know your rules, but yes, you should probably start considering and making sure that you have a golfer left for the tour championship. I I've kind of been in this boat for, um, for the first cut, uh, one and done that we do where we started in at Safeway. So it's like 50 picks and, and even for the, the run good one and done where I might not have anybody left. That's going to play in the tour championship. I should probably really consider that. Clark says, hey, Rick, there are a bunch of guys priced exactly at 7,000. Which ones are your favorite? Off the top of my head, Gooch. But let's see who else is down here. Where's the old Gooch man? Here he is. He's right here. So uh, five consecutive cuts made, two consecutive top 20s, better ball striker than a lot of these guys. I wouldn't also, I also wouldn't mind Pat Perez, who's played a lot better recently. And then I would probably go with I mean, even Kyle Stanley's not bad, but the putter is horrendous. I'd probably rank them like that. Gooch, Perez, Stanley, good luck. Um, by the way, this live chat is brought to you by Jock Market. If you have not played Jock Market, you're crazy. You should. It is Stock Market DFS tonight. And as of right now, the IPO is open. The initial player offering is open. You can bid on shares of golfers right now. That is going to close around 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. But at starting at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time is the power hour where Joe Idoni and myself are going to walk you through the final hour of that IPO phase. You bid on golfers. If you are the high bidder, you get those shares. And then those shares change value over the course of the week depending on how well they're doing in the golf tournament. And then of course you can buy and sell in the middle of the event. I like to do it after each and every round, or at least consider it. Um, it's fun. It's different. It fills the in-game kind of gap for me and they are seemingly growing very quickly, right? They're getting more, they just got more investment money. The, the metrics that they at least share with us are, are very, very good. Um, there's a deposit bonus. If you use the code Rick, 
R-I-C-K, very easy, up to $50. So if you deposit any amount up to 50, they match it in full. They deposit it right away. You can go and buy shares with it. It's it's a ton of fun. If you look at back at last week's data, uh, so John Rom sold for $11 in the IPO last week. He won. That gave him $25 a share. So you made $14 a share. Louis Oosthuizen sold for $7.35. He went to $20 a share. Harris English, big mover, sold for $4.23, went to $18 a share. So that's kind of a little bit of how this works. You can now download this data if you want to start messing around with it. It's all on my site, rickrungood.com. Underneath free tools, it's right here. It says Jock Market. Join us. See you tonight. Let's see what else we got here. <clears throat> Sid says, Rick, where do you want to see majors in the future? I really want another U.S. Open at Marion. Ooh. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one I want. And a PGA at Valhalla. Um, I, am, I have a contrarian view of what I think sports franchises and the PGA Tour should do. I think that they should go with smaller in-person crowds, more premium in-person crowds, and go to places that they've never done before. So it's my it's my argument about bringing the Oakland Athletics to Las Vegas is Las Vegas already has a 10,000-seat stadium. Uh, add, add seats in the, in the outfield, make some premium suite type stuff, get 20,000 in there. The A's don't average a lot of fans anyway, uh, make it a more intimate setting. I think golf should do the same. If, if you have a smaller infrastructure and you don't have to get 50,000 people in a day, you can go anywhere, go to Seminole. You can go to the ba the abandoned courses. I mean, there are just so many courses we can't use because the infrastructure doesn't make sense for it. So I'm in this world of streaming and technology, we got to be able to figure this out. We got to be better at it. Hey, Rick, my one-year-old son says, I love your content. <laughs> to me or to you? I don't know. Either way, very cool sentiment. And he also wants to know your thoughts on Satoshi Kodaira and Vincent Whaley this week. Wow, smart kid. So the, uh, the Vincent Whaley stuff is pretty interesting. Let's pull up his holy grail. Because he was the man, nine, nine, uh, I made cuts in a row, misses the cut by having one of his worst approach weeks ever. Now, if you look at his results, and there is certainly data missing, and I should show you my screen, sorry about that, uh, then you could argue that the missed cut at Palmetto where he lost strokes on approach was the outlier. The rest of everything he's been doing in the last couple of months has been awesome. I, I think that's fine to at least give Whaley another crack. And then Kadaira, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm, I might be overexposed to Satoshi Kadaira this week. He's at $6,500. Uh, this is really encouraging to me. Boom. Six straight events gaining strokes off the tee. Uh, he's been great on approach. The putter has been scorching hot. While I do not expect this to continue, because look at his other results. He's, he's historically a very poor putter. Maybe he figured something out. When you have this huge amount of gains for three consecutive starts, and I like the idea that two of those starts were a month apart. So it's not like he just kept it going. He just happened to be in this groove. He had a month off and he still came back and putted well. That to me is encouraging. And it's a short course. When I ran the model for proximities from 75 to 150, who was one of the guys that showed up at the top? It was Kadira. I know you like to target guys who have strong stats outside of putting because it's volatility. Does that work with other stats? Last week, Bez finished high despite coming in with bad off the tee stats. Well, did he gain strokes off the tee last week? The, the, the argument is that he... Um, why is he not coming up here? Christian? Christian? He not in the field this week? He might not be in the field this week. 
There we go. Okay, so <clears throat> I don't know why we're talking about him. Uh, he came in with bad off the tee stats and he struggled off the tee. I'm not 100% sure what this question is. So he he did exactly what we would kind of expect, right? He was good in the short game. He did have one of a, a better approach week like he did at, at Memorial, but the I mean... This is that was a pretty on brand week for him, so I'm not sure. I guess I guess I'm not understanding the question, but the idea is that uh, the putting the, the putting is is the most volatile stat. You know, usually if you're poor off the tee, you're not going to wake up over four days and gain five strokes off the tee. It's just it's just incredibly unlikely to happen. So that's the idea behind it. What are your thoughts on PGA Tour Live eventually moving to ESPN Plus? We'll see. Uh, I I like the ESPN coverage, however. ESPN has it very easy. Um, you know, ESPN does it a couple of times a year and they do it on Thursday and Friday and they do not have to worry about storylines. They do not have to worry about who, who's going to win the golf tournament and who's in contention. They can just show you a ton of shots on Thursday and a ton of shots on Sunday from popular players. It's, it's the perfect combination. Now, if they're going to be asked to start following the action, if they're going to be asked to start doing storylines, or if they're going to be asked to just do feature groups and featured holes, I guess that is yet to be seen. From what I understand, they are going to try to embrace a little bit more of the gambling side of it. I've heard speculation that there will be separate uh, gambling feeds for PGA Tour Live, or at least gambling-oriented feeds. We'll see. Hank, I, I think ESPN does a great job, but they're in a position to do a, a really easy job. I hope they can do it just as well when it gets more difficult. Kyle says, hey, Rick, thanks for the awesome site. Thank you. And new swag. Whoa, Team Bryson in the chat. Thoughts on Stuart Sink this week. Seems to be more of a popper on Bent slash Poa and Pete Dye courses. Well, since you bring it up specifically, let's just do it. Let's just do it. So on the Holy Grail, you can sort by Bent Grass uh, and Poa, the, the mix, the hybrid, <clears throat> excuse me. And then we can do Pete Dye courses. And we can sort by strokes gained total. Now, you got to remember when we are filtering like this, there are uh, not a lot. Uh, oh, oh! I guess we're gonna have to do this indiv individually because the only bent slash poa and Pete Dye is TPC River Highlands. So let's do these separately. So we'll do Pete Dye, <clears throat> Patrick Cantlay, Adam Scott, Bryson DeChambeau, DJ Siwoo Kim. Am I missing Stuart Sink somewhere? He's right here. Not bad. Not great. Gaining about a quarter of a stroke per round. If we then change it to just bent and poa and i assume we want the putting stats here i still don't see real uh did i stewart sink is here 0.14 so maybe i don't i maybe i don't agree with that assessment kyle i don't think he is great on either of those i think in general he's been one of the better ball strikers that we have he's been playing great this year but i would not attribute it to the bent slash poa and pete die stuff hey rick Mr. Iconic or Mr. Ironic? Oh, Mr. Ironic. Seamus Power, because he's 130th in driving distance, not very powerful at all, has been more consistent recently. Yeah, we I think we already talked about him. I like Seamus, but good call on him being Mr. Ironic. Hey Rick, how did you how did you do the golf cart opening and still make it to Tory the next morning? Do you sleep and where do you get your Adderall? I'm in Philly, so maybe it just seems late that night. Uh no, I do not sleep. I Woke up early. I hopped a flight to Torrey Pines and I got there on site at 7.30 a.m. And then I flew back uh, like 6 a.m. the next morning. It was a very quick trip. I do not sleep and it's fun. Is there a theme this week? Hmm. Could be like the theme is it is your birthday. Birthday is the theme. 
or naps or television. I think this theme is anybody can win. I've answered a lot of Seamus Power and a lot of comments about... Um, I don't think so. My wife is sending me messages. She's confusing me. All right, let me see. Which of the big chalk this week is likely to fail? All right. This is where I get to look like a fool. So if we sort by projected ownership, Casey Harmon English can't lay answer. So I don't know if it will fail, but... The Harmon stuff's a little ridiculous, I think, at this point. I, I wrote him down. He was one of the names I wrote down last week. I was not expecting to see 21%. I was not expecting to see see him be 18 to 1 over guys that are much more accomplished. I like Brian Harmon. I, I was ready to say, and I am ready to say, like it doesn't really matter what course Brian Harmon goes to. He finished top 20 at Torrey Pines. So I don't think he's going to fail, but he's the guy that's probably not going to be on my card. Um, the fail might be Charlie Hoffman. This is a little uh, a hair concerning because he's been really, really good this year. But if you look at what he did round by round at the U.S. Open over the weekend, he was horrible and he didn't play particularly well at the Memorial either. Um, you can see lost strokes on approach both days at Torrey Pines, uh, both weekend days. He lost strokes putting as well. We might be seeing Charlie Hoffman come to come to earth. Um, just an idea. I don't know. I really like him long-term, but I would not be all that surprised. <clears throat> Been trying your core cascading strategy since Zurich. Overall, very profitable stretch. How do you settle on golfers for your core? Do you approach it differently than other contests and strategies? A little bit. Uh, I work really hard on one lineup uh, to try to make the best lineup that I can. Uh, I, I, I do not approach it from any type of like, I have to get one guy in each tier. I don't do it like that. I say, give me the absolute best lineup that I can make. I, I think in an ideal world, I would leave a couple hundred dollars on the table so that I could swap up. Uh, because in most cases in the core cascade, you're swapping down. If, if you could swap up, it makes it a little bit more valuable, but I usually don't change it all that much. Chase says, or no, JG says, Will Chase finish better than Brooks this week? I doubt that. Can we do a deep dive on Aaron Wise? Sure. I actually think that is a well, well use of our time. Good use of our time. Aaron Wise is the guy that as the week goes on, I have probably warmed up on the most. Um, let me get this bent Poa thing out of here. Okay. So what I see from Aaron Wise is a guy that has started to drive the ball better again. Uh, since the API, he has gained strokes in every event since uh, every event but but one, which is much more reminiscent of how he was playing at the end of 2019 and the summer of 2019. That's a great sign. What I also see is someone who's gaining a lot of strokes on approach some weeks. The upside of that, very intriguing. What I also see is a guy that has gained strokes putting in two straight, which is a big accomplishment for him. It's something he hasn't done since the end of 2019, summer 2019. I mean, it's 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 he's not a good putter. So if he can put all of this together, this would be a really good spot for him. Ryan's asking the hard questions. Uh, <laughs> if you could only listen to five songs for the rest of the year, which ones are you picking? I think Ryan knows that uh, it is well documented that I do not listen to music all that much. I cannot name many songs. I cannot name a lot of artists. I don't know the lyrics to anything. My wife thinks it's insane. Um, I, I might not listen. 
I might not listen to five songs for the rest of the year. Like, let alone if I can only listen, to, I might not listen to five. If this was for the rest of my life, maybe. Uh, I don't even know. There's a couple of um, weekend, though, the weekend, W E E K N D songs that I think are interesting. There's a couple of Post Malone songs that I think are interesting. There are two things that are constantly stuck in my head. One is the McDonald's jingle, that. And the other one is uh, the Super Mario Brothers theme song. I think about those a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I might not willingly listen to five songs for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'll keep track for you. If I do, I'll let you know. Will Gordon is impossible to figure out. Yup. But he was great here last year and great at Congaree last time out. Is that enough to play him with some confidence? Let's go look. Will Gordon, uh, and maybe this this was this was overblown because of how quickly he got that special temporary membership status. I would argue he's been one of the more disappointing golfers this year, just because I think our expectations of him were a lot higher, and maybe they shouldn't have been. Maybe our expectations were miscalibrated. So he finished third here last year, which is what you're seeing at the bottom of your screen, gain strokes in all four categories. Uh, the thing that's really, really encouraging is this, the, the two strokes he gained off the tee at Palmetto and then nearly nine on approach, which to me, uh, let me scan. Yeah, that's the best by far strokes gained approach week he's ever had on tour. Is it likely he does it again? No, but did he find something that could keep him in this five or six or seven strokes gain category? Maybe. So I am very, very, very cautiously optimistic here. Very cautiously optimistic. Rick, the man, the myth, the DFS legends question in a larger field GPP. Would you go with the Italian stallion Guido or the Gucci main? Let's get it this week. Oof. Okay. I really like the Gucci main. Uh, I, I mentioned it earlier. He's a flat 7,000. I thought he should have been closer to 7,700. He's uh, underrated ball striker. His results have been good recently. I will go with the Gucci man talked about Vincent Whaley is Hank Lebiota, Vincent Whaley light. Ooh, Amor and Hank actual name, Henry. Let's check. Uh, he's made four cuts in a row. I was expecting more than that. Sheer dog. He is pretty good from T to green gain strokes. T to green in all four of those. A hair reliant on the putter, if you ask me, but he can get the irons going at times. Yeah, I mean, what Vincent Whaley did was really impressive. Uh, nine, nine cuts in a row, all of them were between like 26th and 36th. So I'm not ready to call Hank Lebiota Vincent Whaley light, but it's not the worst play in the world. You think we could get KP and Mark into a boxing ring sometime would be better content than Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul. I don't think it would be that good of content. I'm not sure either of those two are fighters. I think they're more lovers. That's just me. Myself included. Do not put me in the boxing ring. I will uh, run around and cry. Rick, love your stuff. Have a friend heading to Vegas soon. He loves golfing. What are your two, two course recommendations? So, Still getting out and playing a lot of them. Uh, anything at Paiute. Paiute's way off the strip, though, and I know a lot of people visiting like to stay on the strip. Paiute has three different courses. They have the Corn Ferry Tour there. Uh, excellent, well-maintained, very good courses. Um, I have not played Bally High yet, although I hear great things. That is right on the strip, and you have strip views. That is probably much more scenic, like Vegas strip golf. And then Rio Seco, I think it's called. Uh, also very, very popular.
I'm cooking up on Aaron Wise. That was certainly one of the guys I've been cooking up on. So who am I cooking up on and who am I cooling on? Uh, Aaron Wise, definitely. And probably Harmon is the guy that I've cooled on. I, I just can't believe the ownership. Didn't like his number in the outright market. Um, like the guy. I actually like him so much. I'm happy to play him in a week where he's 3% owned or 7% owned. He doesn't have to be 25% owned or, or, or anything like that. If Tyler Duncan wants to enter my pool, am I giving him the green light? Why are those in quotations? If Tyler Duncan wants to enter, what what what's the implication there? And pool, what I don't I don't get this, Steve. Um Tyler Duncan, let's look at him. I don't understand that quote. Why would you why would you put those there? Let's look. Tyler Duncan. Oh boy. Oh boy. Do not let Tyler Duncan enter your pool. Uh, I, I mean, it's just ugly, right? I mean, he's lost strokes putting in every single event, but one since 2021. His ball striking doesn't make up for it. Hit it well off the tee at Congaree. Didn't take advantage of it with the irons. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I would not let Tyler Duncan enter my pool. A lot of Seamus power questions. So I'm just going to skip those. Okay, let's look at Guido's metrics. I think I have him in here. The, I'm, I'm not sure I have him in here yet. The the guys that don't have... Okay, maybe I do. All right, so here we go. So US Open. Yeah, he was great. I mean, this is this is almost like the like like the perfect look. Uh, gain strokes off the tee, gain strokes on approach. He gained a little bit more than I would like around the greens, but he didn't putt well at all or putted to a, a, small, a small negative. So this is a very encouraging sign for Guido. Um, I, I wasn't sure if I had it in here because sometimes like... The guys that don't have full status, their data comes in differently. It's kind of wonky. So I didn't see sometimes it takes a couple days. I love that Friday sweat show already. Thanks, Steve. That question I understand a lot more. It's not really a question. Thank you very much. It's I think it's gonna get a lot better. The I was I think I was a little bit nervous, uh, trying to figure it out. There's a lot going on in the moment. It'll get better each and every week. Friday, tentatively 5 p.m. Eastern time. DeChambeau or DJ. If I had to bet one, I I think it's I think it's Bryson. Um, he played four holes poorly at the U.S. Open. Very poorly, don't get me wrong. But he was also in the lead heading to the back nine on Sunday. Uh, he is not historically, so I haven't shown this yet. This is something you guys could do, which I um, highly encourage you to. And I don't show this enough. There are so many tools and things that I don't show enough. So like, if you go to Bryson's player profile and you click on approach, you can see his proxi- his numbers from every single one of these proximities. So what you see makes a lot of sense. He is great from the longer proximities, 200 to 225, 225 to 250. But when you start going down to the closer ones, 50 to 125, he's 198th. 75 to 100, he's 208th. 50 to 75, he's 209th. All of that is very concerning to me, but he's got three straight top tens here, and there's a chance he might he just destroys this course. The front nine, I don't have the scorecard handy. It's got a par five, a drivable par four for him, and the two par threes are over 200. He might shred the, the front nine. He might absolutely shred it. Uh, DJ, I just am not really sure where his game is at. I think both of them are a really good number for a field like this. So I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Bryson. Thoughts on a hyper-balanced lineup, starting with someone like Wolf. Can we talk about Wolf or answer and not going lower? This I'm just going to use this opportunity to talk about Matthew Wolf. It's That's fine. If you want to do that, it's all good. So 
if there's got like we we always talk about do you want to be late or do you want to be early? Uh, I think you should try to be early on Matthew Wolf. What we saw at the U.S. Open was very reminiscent of good Matthew Wolf. Lost his weapon, found his weapon. Boom. Four and a half strokes gained off the tee. How good does that look? Didn't even hit it all that well with his irons or wedges. Putted beautifully. Wolf could contend this week. Next week, he's super dangerous at Rocket Mortgage, where he finished runner-up to Bryson last year. Let's let's be early on Wolf. I think he's a guy to be early on. Let's go. Steel or Fowler in single-entry tournaments? I believe Fowler has more upside. Steel's kind of been more solid, and his last couple of results haven't been all that great. Rick, are your 18% and up projected ownership guys all fades in GPPs if you're doing a balanced build? Let me look. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, you could probably get away with Fading Harmon for Smith and Hoffman for Siwoo or something like that. It's a good argument, Aaron. Who do you think is better, Higo or Migliozzi? Probably Migliozzi. KCS first round leader. Anyone you like this week? I'd have to go pull. Well, here's what we can do. So I don't have the tee times in front of me, but if you go to the Holy Grail and you remove Matthew Wolf and you look at round one scoring and we sort by strokes gain total. First of all, in one round, Guido's gained 2.7, two strokes from T to green, uh, or total. Cantlay, Fowler, Fowler might be an interesting first-round leader bet. Playing much better recently. Historically very good in first rounds. Rose, DJ, Scotty, Day, Stricker's out now, so don't worry about that. Keegan, Casey, these are all the guys I'd be looking for. You could also go by wave. You could say, give me the guys in the morning wave. Let's see. Oh, Ricky Fowler, also very good there. I don't know what his tee time is. Now I have to look. I already found Ricky Fowler. Please have a morning tea time. Oh, it's an afternoon tea time. Let's see how much worse he is. So he's 1.21. In the afternoon, he is, oh, it's a quarter of a stroke. It's a lot. I'll go with Ricky Fowler still. Let's play Seinfeld trivia when you come to West Palm Beach. Why don't you come to Vegas, Ian? What? (laughs) When's my next trip to West Palm Beach? Can we do a deeper dive on Joseph Bramlett? I really like him as a low-owned pivot. Oh, it says let's play golf. We can play golf. We can play golf here too. Can we do a deeper dive on Joseph Bramlett? I like him as a low-priced pivot if the data supports it. Now that, that is a sentiment that I can get behind. If the data supports it. Let's check it out. Joseph Bramlett. What do I see here? Um. It's not a lot of great data. Some gaps here, especially with one of his good finishes. Three out of four, he's gained strokes off the tee, and the one he lost, he didn't lose all that poorly. Approach, eh, hit or miss. Putting, horrible. I mean, this isn't the worst thing in the world. He's gained strokes tee to green in four of five, and the last and two of the last three have been spectacular. I'm, I'm okay with this, I guess. Especially because he's probably going to be like, he's 6,800. I have him at, yeah, 1.7% projected ownership. It's not bad.
Nobody's talking about Cam Smith. Uh, yeah, I actually agree with that sentiment. There were a couple of matchups. There, I bet a matchup that was Cam Smith over Russell Henley. Because I thought there was kind of a, a, a perception versus reality issue. You know, Cam Smith um, has missed two cuts in a row. It hasn't been great, but you can kind of write them off. The missed cut at the Memorial, he lost 2.4 strokes putting, which is something he rarely does. And then at the U.S. Open, Torrey Pines, where there is disaster lurking all over the place, he lost 5.8 strokes around the green, which I'm going to guess is his worst ever. It was. Those two things, pretty much unlikely to happen again. So I I agree. Cam Smith is much better than, than his peers in these ranges. Is there a way to categorize golfers off the tee performances on shorter courses? Sink is not accurate off the tee, but his game strokes off the tee on shorter courses. I assume you're thinking like Hilton Head and stuff like that. Um, so I guess there could be. Now, I'll make this easier, but what you could do in the Holy Grail, and what I'll do is I'll add... I'll add a filter for like course length. How about that? Just like I've done with green size. How about that? Remember that? Remember when that girl went on Dr. Drew and said that? Uh, so like green size, small, medium, and large. I'll do, I'll do course length or something like that. Uh, but what you could do in the meantime is you could go by tournament here and just off the top of my head, uh, hold control. So Pebble Beach, uh, Hilton Head. So that would be RBC, Heritage, um, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. But what you could do is you could go through these and you could click through the courses or the events that you want. You could sort by strokes gained off the tee and you could see the guys that gain in those categories. And I'm not even showing my screen, which was really stupid. Uh, here you go. This is the holy grail. How do you handle the tournaments when the top range is going to be really low owned? Play the top range. There is, you know, there, there is a really strong case to be made that the guys at the top are even more valuable, the Bryson, the Cantlay, the Brooks, the Reed, the Casey, because we've removed Spieth and Rory and Rom. And like these guys who eat up a lot of the win equity in major championships or big time fields, they're gone. Uh, and that win equity doesn't spread out normally to Garrick Higo and Adam Scott and Harris English and Justin. It doesn't spread out evenly. It's the big boys eat it up. Did you ask Dave if his extra 30 pounds he's gained in the last year has affected his game? I did not. Who fits the wedge fest narrative? Short iron in proximity to the green. Best that is being somewhat overlooked. Oh, Chris, I could do this for you, bud. All right. So let me clear. This is the custom model. What we're going to do is we are just going to say, okay, let's just do this. I'm going to do 33. I'm going to do the short ones. 33 on 75 to 100. 33 on 100 to 125. 34 on 125 to 150, I'm going to sort by value. So I get those guys at the top. And then I'm going to look at their ownership. Russell Henley, 9% owned. Tom Hoagie, 1.5% owned. Adam Scott, 7.8. Aaron Wise, 8.7. There you go. Answers your question. Uh, there's not enough data for David Lickie yet. That's a tease. That's a If you see what I'm doing here, this is a professional tease. Uh, on David Lipsky with the Corn Ferry Tour data because that's where he primarily plays. Uh, but when he comes up here on the PGA Tour, he plays well. Get used to him because he is going to be on the tour next year. Make some noise. TJ says, how crazy am I for having 35% Lipsky, 35% power, 35% Kadira, over 150 lineups. Crazy like a fox. TJ, I mean, listen, those are guys uh, I'm certainly going to have a lot of exposure to. I did do a Stars and Scrubs. Yes, Mike. Okay, so DFS Reds comes on here. I don't know if you guys know that noticed this or not. So he comes on here and every week he drops one golfer with eyeballs and 
what is that? Corn stalks DFS. I'm not sure what this is, but he drops one golfer in here. And then he messages me that golfer because that golfer when the tournament's over is like always inside the top three. Uh, I think it was Louie last week, Harris English, or maybe Hudson Swafford the week that he went nuts. So DFS reds has given us the eyeballs on Ricky Fowler. Oh, Ricky Fowler. Can you justify Matthew Wolf's $2,000 bump when he finished worse than English, who was playing better and only bumped up by one? So the bump on, on Wolf is because um, odds makers aren't going to get burned on him, right? So they moved him from like 225 to 35 to one or something like that. I do think English is undervalued, but it is okay to, I think, like both of these guys. Because if, we, if what we saw from Wolf last week and what we saw, if that is what he was like in 2020 and what we saw in 2020, he's still too cheap. Right, we're we're just trying to be early. I think um, there's a chance it backfires, but if he's back, if he's doing what he did last summer, he's he should be ten thousand dollars in this field. I've got 15 minutes to go. I mentioned I do have a hard stop. Got a PGA Tour Pro on the line later for some interview stuff. So I've answered a lot of these questions that I'm scrolling through, and I'm going to try to go a little bit faster here. Do you like English or Bradley to finish out a lineup with $8,200 left? I like both of those guys a lot. I think if you want to try to be a little bit different, you should go with Harris English. Keegan Bradley seeming to be very, very popular. One and done. Five weeks Five weeks left. Still have DJ, Xander, Brooks, Roy Webb, Finau. Wow. Should I look to play them or pivot to guys like Scheffler or Answer? Well, if you only have five weeks left, you're not going to be able to use those guys. Like, like, you should probably just use... DJ now because Xander will play and then you can use one of them for the open championship. You could use Rory. Uh, I'm trying to think of the schedule. John Deere. Who's going to play the John Deere Finau ish. Will Finau play the week before? I don't know. I'd have to look at the schedules, but you should be burning those guys. Now a lot of questions about Guido. Uh, rewind. <laughs> Titsburg feelers has a question. He says he's stuck on answer and Lonzo or Harmon and Burns. He's leaning the second one. Any thoughts? And I don't think he really cares because he just wanted me to say Pittsburgh feelers live in the chat. So there you go. I would probably also go with Harmon and Burns. What states are jock market available in? I don't know. You'll have to go to their website. A lot, but also not all of them. I know that's not an answer. If you were to fade Brooks, Smith, or Rose in full head-to-head, who would you choose? I'm not a fan of Justin Rose. Uh, His game to me has been very uh fool's goldish right he's kind of being he's kind of being held up by the crutch of the flat stick uh we saw that come way back down to earth last week and he missed the cut i am not a fan of his stat pro- profile right now three max build riku hey buddy three max build don't worry about ownership keegan and perez versus tringale and wise uh if you don't want to worry about ownership probably well let's look at tringale real quick because I really do like Wise, and I wouldn't mind a reason to get there. Let's see what Tringale's been up to. Oof. This hurts me. The off-the-tee stuff hurts, especially because River Highlands is such a strong correlator. He's lost in, he's lost off the tee in four straight. He's had to rely on the short game. I was trying to get Wise into that one. I think at this point I'd have to go with Keegan and Perez. Good luck. One and done this week. Would you prefer Casey, Answer, Finau, someone deeper down the board? Any three of those are fine. Casey's Casey's fine. I mean, he's been he's been phenomenal here. Oh, Joe says, is there data on each DraftKings prices and percentage of which they finish? 
trying to figure out if there's a pricing formula in building. I can get this for you. Um, you could always go to, so there's a couple of tools that might help with this. Uh, the Holy Grail has fantasy scoring. So you can see kind of where these guys tend to finish. You could, you could look at the data and go that way. There's also something called a value matrix, which you could, uh, it's actually free. I'll let that load real quick. Cause it's a lot of data that pours into it. Um, and that's actually not true. This is not about to be retired. I'll have to look into that. Um, the, so you can come in here and you can sort by salary ranges guys when they were in those salary ranges and what they ended up returning. That might get you close, Joe. Thoughts on RBC Heritage Comp Course? Yeah, it's not the worst. I mean, listen, it's got kind of natural landing areas off the tee. You could argue TPC River Highlands has the same. A lot of guys can win it. It's, you know, the wind's a lot different there. Bryce, in case you're English and one and done, I will tell you in the big, um, maybe I shouldn't say this. I guess it doesn't matter. In the big, like $1,000 one and done that I'm in and a lot of other one and dones I'm in, I, I played Bryson. I didn't think there was any way, any reason to save him anymore. I thought if you get an opportunity where only, you know, 19% of the field has Bryson left and you can get a favorite and he might just destroy the field, you got to go with it. We don't have that many weeks left. Some names that are not getting talked about. Um, Aaron Wise, I believe, is certainly one of them. Cameron Smith, I believe, is certainly one of them. Uh, I don't know how much Siwoo's getting talked about. Um, he's got the great, you know, Pete Dye type thing going. I'm trying to just look at ownership and see what's Kadira's ownership going to be. By the way, what two and a half percent? I'll take the over on that. I'll have, I'll, I'll, I'll cause it to be more than that. Um, yeah, Wise and Smith, I think, are the answers. Congrats. You finally talked me into jock market. Ooh, that, that sure dog is in here every single week. It took you like 40 weeks. Thanks sure dog. Um, where the heck do you enter the Rick code in the app? I think it's on the deposit page. You might have to click a little button that says have a promo code or something like that. I'm not positive. Email those guys. Um, and also they might be able to apply it. If you really can't figure it out and you need to deposit, I think sometimes they can retroactively deposit. So look into that. Um, a lot of these questions. Are you going to Tokyo to cover the Olympics? Jay. Wow. First of all, thank you for thinking that. Uh, if you would like to send me to Tokyo to cover it, I'd be more than happy to. I don't think C I don't think the CBS dime is going to do that. And I don't think the uh, Rick's wife dime is going to be okay with that either. Uh, I don't think she's, she, she, I guess if we went together, she'd be like, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, no, that'd be awesome though. I'm so stoked for the Olympics. How do you approach building a pool, a player pool in single entry versus multi-entry? Uh, single entry guys are going to be a lot chalkier. That's really the big difference. So I think you're you're more encouraged to fade. Personally, I believe you're more encouraged to fade the super chalky guys because they are always chalkier in single entry. I get the Zelda theme song stuck in my head, says Jay. Yeah. Listen, I feel you, brother. Thoughts on 50-50 off the tee and approach from 100 yards in. That's not bad. So, I mean, let's just do that real quick. I mean, I, I wish I did not have this hard stop because I could feel these questions all day. So let's do, what did you say from a hundred yards in? All right, let's do, let's do 50 on a hundred yards in and 50 off the tee. Good luck. Let's see what happens. Boom. What a, oh, sorry. Oh God. Will Gordon's number one. We're so screwed. Will Gordon, uh, Kevin Streelman, Aaron Wise. Lonto Griffin, Danny Lee, Dustin Johnson, Doug Gim, Chris Kirk, Jason Duffner, Tom Lewis.
Good idea, Drew. Your wife pick, please. Do you want a pick of her or do you want her pick? Uh, Bubba Watson. She sent me a chat. Do wise, listen, wise numbers worry me in general. Do his pent, bent grass slash POA numbers worry you? All of his putting numbers worry me, but the fact that he's gained, I think, what did I say, in the last two, maybe he's onto something, right? Like that's the, that's the hope is that he figured something out in his stroke and it doesn't matter what surface it is because it really didn't matter what surface it was before. He's pretty bad. Ooh, I love Paiute, but Bally High is a step up. Interesting. I'll have to check it out. I have not played it yet. I'm not as excited about John Pock. Uh, I mean, I am in general, like long-term, but he lost like nine strokes on approach at Palmetto. Might take him a bit of time to mature and grow into the pro game. I'm a little bit worried. Would you show us a tool on your site that you have not used before? Honestly, it's probably a lot. I kind of just stick to, like I use them all, but um, like I don't show the trends tool a lot. I don't show the, like here's the trends tool so you can sort by, Time frames for fantasy points, strokes, gain, finishing position. I should be showing this a lot. This is my favorite chart on the entire site. It's 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 breakout candidates. It's guys that are putting below their ex uh, their expectation, hitting it above their expectation. Paul Casey's on that side, so that one I should show a lot. Um, I don't even really show the lineup optimizer. The lineup optimizer is is really really flexible. That's what I like about it. You can enter anything you want into it, and you can pump it out. You can build player groups. I should probably show that more often. Um, the showdown cheat sheet once the tournament starts. I mean, there's just so much. There's just there's just so much. Check it out. You'll like it. Does English tend to peak or have sustained run when playing well? Yeah. Go back and look at his 2020. The guy was insane. Oh, now I've got too many tabs open. Let's try this. Harris English. His 20, he, do you realize he finished seventh in strokes gain total in 2020? Seventh out of everybody on tour. Arguably, that means he's the seventh best player in 2020. Um, look at this really good, consistent stretch of golf here. I mean, I, I, he, he, he generally, or what we saw last year, he plays well, Rick, when you interview Bryson at one, are you going to ask him about speaking to Brooks's caddy instead of him? If I were interviewing Bryson at one, I would have to ask him about that. There is zero chance. They would let me get anywhere near Bryson DeChambeau. Let's talk Gooch. Uh, rewind. I've done that. <clears throat> I got five minutes. Let me go here. Uh, Guido or Steele, man, probably Guido at this point. I just think Steele, we might be we might be running out of steam on. His last couple of, of made cuts weren't great. Just missed the cut. We might have something special with Guido. I don't know yet, right? There's not a lot of information. We might have something special. So I think we have to at least take the chance on that. He's a good time to try to be early on. Who wins in a steel cage match? Brothers Kepka versus Brothers Ortiz and Sergio or Keegan. How many people are in this steel cage? Brothers Kepka, that's Chase and Brooks, right? Brothers Ortiz, Carlos, and who's the other one? Who's who? And Sergio or Keegan? I have no what cage, what cage match are you promoting? This is a strange one. Tittsburgh Feeler says anyone that doesn't have a sub to Rick Run Good should do it. Go play with the tools and all the data. Lots of excellent stuff. Showdown stuff is good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Why don't any of you guys review your picks from last week? Um, I'm thinking because of time. Also, you shouldn't take picks from anybody. You shouldn't take my picks, right? Like, here's the research, here's the data, go make your own decisions. So I never felt it necessary to do like lineup reviews because you shouldn't be following me or anyone. You should make your own decisions. So that's why I don't necessarily do it. And 
when I used to do it in the past, nobody really cared. Uh, everyone was looking forward to the next week and it, and it wasn't, it wasn't well received deep dive. I think I'm at the end of the question. So I've got a couple more minutes here. Deep dive on Neiman and or Adam Scott. All right, fine. Let's do Neiman. I actually think I'm pretty bullish on Neiman. Um, what I said about him last week was I was worried about his around the green play. And I, I think I was proven right to be worried about that because now five straight events, he has lost strokes around the green. The argument this week, Adam, is if you're leaning on that, if you're leaning on that to get up and down, you're done anyway. Don't worry about it. You weren't going to make the cut. You weren't going to have success, whatever. So I'm actually not nearly as worried about it. Uh, so I think the rest of his game is great. He's a lot longer than people think he is. He's a lot better off the tee than people think he is. I do not mind Joaquin Neiman at all. James says Rick's the best. Thank you. Uh, I think I'm at the end of the questions. I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. In 15 minutes, I'm talking to a player who's in the field this week. I'm also, he's also, he's also won this year. Oh, now I'm narrowing the list down big time in the field this week. And he's won. Whew. I probably shouldn't go any further because a lot of these interviews fall apart literally moments before they happen. I can tell you all the interviews in the last couple of, of months that we had on the schedule and then never happened. Uh, you would not be surprised at all. Mm, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Um, no, it is not Morikawa. Morikawa is not in this field. No, it is not Sam Burns. All right, I'm done. I'm not going to do it. These things fall apart so quickly. I'm not going to do it. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, hit the like button on your way out. I really appreciate it. Uh, you guys are the best. This is my favorite hour of the week. There is another hour tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, Jock Market Power Hour, Rick Rungood YouTube channel. And then Friday, please, here's what I ask of you. And I don't ask that much, I don't think. Friday's cut show, cut sweat show. I want to do it every single week. The only way it makes sense to do it every single week is if people show up and enjoy it. If you enjoy it, if you want to be interactive, if you want to tell me who's in your lineups and what we can sweat, I'm happy to do that. I want to make that show a success, big time. Because um, I think it's really important and I think it can show networks how not to screw up the cut sweat on a Friday and how to cover the right guys. I think it's a really important one. So Friday, tentatively 5 p.m. Eastern time, join us. If not, open up the YouTube and just leave it open. I don't care. We'll go walk around. Do whatever you want. Helps me. Helps you. Um, all right. That's it. I appreciate it, guys. I will talk to you later. Bye.